morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Just taking a quick glance at my, at my control board to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. Uh, but I'm glad to be with you again today. I'm with you live. As you all know, I was out all last week because I was traveling. And um, I will be traveling again at the end of this week. I just wanted to give you an update on my itinerary. For those of you who are watching right now, who are living in anywhere near where I'm going to be, stop by and see me. Uh, let me see if I can make a little slight adjustment here in, uh, in, uh, in our camera. Yeah, I have to be my own director. <laughs> um, I will be at uh, Andrew Walmack Ministries for the Truth and Liberty Conference at the end of this week. I will be speaking there on Friday night and on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so if you're anywhere in the area or you're planning to be at the conference, I hope to be able to see you there. I know it's not easy, but I do take time to, to try to shake hands with people and talk to people. In fact, I'm doing a book signing on Friday night at uh, 930. That's mountain time, of course, but I'm doing a book signing there. So if you're coming and you don't have one of my books, uh, be sure to come and, uh, and grab a book or just come say hello. Uh, that happens too. I've got a new book coming out, as I've said. It won't be out now, we know, until January. It's called Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. Uh, I'm soon, probably sometime this month, from time to time, I'll be mentioning how you can pre-order that book. It's a little early now, I know, but uh, so I don't have all the details in front of me for that, but I will get, be getting those to you. And, and by the way, I will have some of those books available for my event starting in December. So wherever I'm, I, I end up speaking in December, I'll have books with me available, even though they won't hit retail bookstores until January. Uh, but in January, they will be in retail bookstores. In fact, it's listed on Amazon now. Um, so we're, we're getting ready, folks. And again, as always, thank you for your prayers and your support that have made all of this possible. That book was really a labor of love, but here again, I couldn't do it without the support of my wife. I couldn't do it without, without your prayers and support. And, and I've got a great uh, team, a great staff around me that <clears throat> allows me to, to devote time to things like that. In fact, I've got, I've got a couple of other books in mind. I haven't gotten started on those yet because after I finished the book, I kind of need a little bit of a respite from writing, you understand? But I'll be at Andrew Womack Ministries at the end of this week. And then I will be at the Salt and Life Conference, um, Salt and Light Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday, September 24th. I'll be speaking there at the Salt and Life Conference uh, in Charlotte. Um, that's at the Freedom House Church in Charlotte at 26. 38 State Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. That will be on Saturday, September the 24th. And then on, um, on Friday, September 30th, I will be speaking in Wisconsin uh, at the annual Pastors and Christian Workers Appreciation Day event at the Wisconsin Club at 900 West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's on September the 30th. And then don't forget folks <clears throat> that on October the 15th, please be praying for us. On October 15th, we're having a Save the Children Conference in Chicago, 
Uh, I'm partnering with uh, Pastor Corey Brooks, who has got a great church there, New Beginnings Church, and he is doing tremendous work in Chicago trying to, to, to offer services that will bring people out of the violent street culture that is robbing so many of their lives, particularly children. Uh, and so he and I are going to be working together and putting together a great event. We are putting together a great event there in Chicago. And I've got other, uh, we will have parents there whose children have been murdered in Chicago. And by the way, this is something we're going to do nationwide. We're planning to do one in Atlanta, planning to do one in Houston, and planning to do one in every city beset by violence. Uh, we just need the funding to do all these things, obviously. So, but we're, we're on the move, folks. And what we want to come out of this is a sense of commitment to how we chart a better future for these communities, these families, these children. And that has got to include strengthening families. We've got to, we've got to grapple with that. Right now, nobody really wants to grapple with that issue. And it's, it's an issue that's got to be grappled with. And I really believe that the only way you can do it is for those people who want to do better, you try to help them. There's some people out there that are just gone. They just, I mean, everybody's redeemable, but some people don't want to be redeemed. Uh, and somehow those children have got to be rescued, even from their own families, where their, their parents are just living chaotic, violent lives. Um, but the next generation doesn't have to repeat the mistakes of the prior generation. And so, for example, at our school, uh, you know, we have a school, Maximum Potential Christian Academy. It is a stand school. It is, it is a subsidiary of staying true to America's national destiny and uh, a partnership really between our school and, our, and, and uh, between, between stand and, and the call church. Uh, the Maximum Potential Christian Academy is preparing children for a better future perhaps than the ones their parents uh, have been, have given them uh, a, a better future than the reality that they live in now. Uh, we want to teach these children how to build strong families, how to be good citizens. And of course, we want to prepare them academically to navigate this world, how to read efficiently and effectively and to write and to think and to know something about history and, and science and mathematics and and the civics and the nature of our country, American history, a true view, view of that. It's called the Maximum Potential Christian Academy. And if you want to be a part of that, you want to encourage that, maybe education is your thing. Uh, right now, you can make checks payable to either Stan, S-T-A-N-D, or the Call Church, and just designate that those are for the Maximum Potential Christian Academy, MPCA. And we will make sure that those funds go to support our school. We're still small. We're just getting started. We haven't wanted to rush into it. We're going into our fourth year. We're only three years old. We're about to start our fourth academic year. Um, in fact, school opens today. But we wanted to go slow because we really want to get our curriculum together. We want to put systems in place. We want to be able to train teachers properly and, and make sure, because we're going to K through 12. We're going all the way from, from pre-kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. But we want to make sure that as we add grades and as we move forward, we are doing it in a way we've already proved, okay? So, so we're taking our time. We're not rushing into this because these children's lives are at stake. Uh, but it's the Maximum Potential Christian Academy right now. It's housed in our church building at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake. So 
got we've got a lot going on. So that's that's Chicago is going to be about saving the lives of children, restrengthening families, school choice, parental choice, and education for children, strengthening relationships between children between uh, communities and law enforcement. We're finding out as a result of this major crime wave that you can't have a civil society without law enforcement. You can't. It doesn't work. We've had 2,500. I don't know what the numbers are going to look like for 2021 and 2022, but we had 2,500 more people murdered in 2020 than in 2019 in the inner cities of our country. 2,500 more. We're up to about 291, I think it's 291 children murdered since we started keeping records back in 2020. 291 children, innocent kids, not gangbangers, not out doing anything wrong, just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and guess what the wrong place at the wrong time turned out to be in, in many cases? In their bed sleeping, in their living room playing, in their backyard, riding their bike on the sidewalk and suddenly bullets found them because some thugs decided they didn't care who they killed in order to try to kill each other. I mean, this stuff has got to stop. It's got to stop. And the mainstream media is not really paying any attention to it. Or they pay attention to a heinous murder here and there, but they don't really, they, they haven't connected the dots. They don't, and they frankly, they don't want to because it doesn't meet their racial narrative. Now, if it was the Ku Klux Klan killing all these children, oh, oh, then it would be front page news every day. Because not not because they care about the kids, but because it gives them an opportunity to promote their narrative of America as a racist nation. If it was police doing it, oh, they could do that because again, it it would satisfy that that need to say, oh, see, we told, see how racist America is. But because it's black on black crime, that doesn't quite fit our narrative. So let's not really talk about that. So I guess black lives don't really matter unless. They satisfy your agenda. Well, then they don't really matter at all. That what you what matters is the agenda. That's what matters, not the lives. Well, we're trying to save lives, so that's going to be happening uh, in October on October the fifteenth. I probably got some other dates, and these should be available to you. I'm gonna. Uh, they should be available to you. It's sometimes hard to keep up with all this stuff, but they should be available to you on our website. Uh, the standamerica.us website and other places as well. But rather than confusing you with a bunch of different places to go, just go there and you should be able to find my itinerary there. Um, I think I've got a couple of other things, uh, but but you know what? Because I didn't have those in front of me, I won't bother to go into those. Okay, let, let's, let's get into this. Um, this is September the 6th. Uh, officially, this is now... Celebrate American History Month for Stand, for uh, Wisdom Awakening, soon to be E.W. Jackson for America, but for, for Wisdom Awakening, for the Call Church, for all the organizations associated with me, this is Celebrate American History Month. And I hope you had a chance to catch the sermon yesterday. Uh, my sermon yesterday was the opening salvo on this series. It's going to be about a four or five part series um, talking about American history. And yesterday I did, on Sunday that is, I did the introductory sermon. Uh, I preached the introductory sermon. Uh, the, the title of the series is called The Truth Shall Make You Free. Subtitle, A Biblical View of American History. 
a biblical view of American history. Uh, because, of course, we teach a biblical worldview, period. So we look at things not through the lens of race, not through the lens of, of economics, not through the lens of, of, uh, of politics. We look at things through the lens of the Word of God. Uh, so, and, and let me add a little footnote here, and I'm going to come back to this Celebrate American History Month. Let me say, in light of the president's accusation against those who support the MAGA Republican agenda, Make America Great Again, or America First agenda, saying that we are semi-fascist, that we are a threat to democracy, and so on and so forth. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things about that before I, I launch into talking about Celebrate American History Month. Um, we are not semi-fascists. We are not a threat to democracy. We don't want to overthrow our Constitution. What we want is to come back to the values that we believe make America the greatest nation in the history of mankind. That's what we're after. Uh, they accuse us of wanting to overthrow the country because we have questions about January 6th. Well, my questions about January 6th are not with regard to those who, who, who broke the law. Those who broke the law should be punished for breaking the law, but they should be punished not more severely than all the people who broke the law in 2020 when they went out and had 570 riots in 220 different locations, 574 I think to be exact, in 220 different locations, uh, cost us billions of dollars, um, murdered people, attacked police, attacked federal buildings, attacked police stations, uh, 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 tried to burn down uh, official buildings. All of that went on for months. And I never heard anybody talking about insurrection or an attempt to overthrow America, even though the, uh, the New York uh, chairman of Black Lives Matter said, if we don't get what we want, we're going to burn this whatever down. But none of that was called an insurrection. That was just, oh, that was just peaceful protest got, getting a little out of hand. And it, it, it engulfed almost every city in the country. So, but one event where people, yes, did things wrong that I do not support in any way. If you went into the Capitol without authorization, I do not support that. If you destroyed property in the Capitol, that Capitol belongs to all of us. I do not support that. If you went in there intending to or threatening to uh, hurt anybody, uh, I do not support that. I condemn all of that behavior. So let's just be clear. However, however, it was not an insurrection. It was a protest gone wrong. And to call it an insurrection is political polemicism. It's, that's not accurate. Because you don't overthrow a country of 333 million people with, uh, with three branches of government, all co-equal branches of government, and you march into the Capitol where Congress is about to certify an election and call that an insurrection and overthrow the country. Because you still got the executive branch and you still got the judicial branch and you still got all these law enforcement people to contend with. I mean, who, who, who thinks that? Were they wrong? Yes, to the extent that they broke the law, they were wrong. The people went there for the Trump rally and listened to a speech and went home weren't wrong. Some of those people had been talked to and investigated. They went to the, 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 the rally, listened to the speech, and went and, and left. They didn't do anything wrong. 
So those of us who have questions about this and believe that a kangaroo court in Congress that only hears one side of the issue is wrong. Oh, well, somehow we're, we're extremists who want to overthrow the country. Well, that's a lie. And anybody who says that is a liar. So that's number one. Let's get that, just get that on the table very quickly. Number two, we want to overthrow the country, the overthrow our democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And, and people like me are committed to upholding the Constitution of the United States and seeing that the Constitution is respected and revered, not overthrown. It is leftist academics and, and politicos who are saying that the Constitution is antiquated, that the Constitution is in the way, that the Constitution should be discarded, that the Constitution should be ignored. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a governing document that's been the most successful in human history that has lasted a quarter of a millennium should be respected and revered and followed because it's brought us this far. You know the old saying, don't forget the bridge that brought you over? Well, the Constitution is one of the bridges that brought us over. So I, I, I've never met a Republican, I've never met a Trump supporter who's interested in overthrowing the government. What we're interested in doing is having the government operate within its constitutionally restricted bounds. So when Joe Biden said, well, we're going to expand the rent moratorium, I, it's not constitutional. He said, but by the time they stop me, I'm paraphrasing, but by the time they stop me, it'll be over. But he said essentially that. We don't want that. We want somebody who says, I'm not doing that. That's, that's, that's inconsistent with the Constitution. I'm not doing that. My job is to obey the Constitution, to follow it. That's the kind of leadership we want. Not someone who says, I'll ignore the Constitution. And isn't it, those of us who want to uphold the Constitution are somehow the extremists who want to overthrow the government. And those who want to ignore the Constitution are somehow the great people who are really trying to uphold our democracy. So let's, let's get that straight. And here's the third thing. We want to impose our religion on the entire country. First of all, let me make clear. I don't want America to have an official religion. We never have. I don't want that. I think that that would be unconstitutional. In fact, I know it would be, number one. Number two, I'm not interested in imposing my religious convictions on anybody because God won't accept anybody forced to believe in him or forced to say they believe in him or forced to follow him. So as a Christian, I can't possibly want that. Here's what I do want. And I think here's what most Christians want. We want the Judeo-Christian, dare I say, Christian culture of our country acknowledged as such. And we want the principles, the ideals, the beliefs, the practices of that culture upheld rather than coming under severe attack by the left because they hate God, they hate Christianity, they hate the Bible, and they hate all of us who adhere to those things. Sure, I'm interested in persuading people to believe God, believe the Bible, and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, but I don't want the government doing that. I don't want any official religion doing that. But see, here's what they're really getting at. They don't, they don't, I don't even think they believe that we want to impose our religion on them. I think here's what they believe. They believe that abortion is so sacred to them. It is such a, 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 an icon, it is such a matter, it is such an idol to them 
that the fact that we have a biblical worldview that says that child from the moment of conception was ordained by Almighty God is a sacred human being in the nascent stages of development, but still a sacred human being and that life should be protected. That's, that's what they mean when they say we're trying to impose our religious view on others. But the Constitution says that God is the one who gives us life, liberty, and the right to pursue happiness. Well, well, that conceived child is life. It is consistent regardless of what the Bible says right now. It is consistent with our founding documents that that life be protected and preserved. So we're not trying to impose a strictly Christian view, even though I believe our founding fathers had a Christian worldview in mind when they spoke those words that rights and freedom and liberty comes from Almighty God. But we're trying to, we're trying to fight for the view that birthed this nation. Uh, how is that radical? Well, it's radical to those who don't want the views that birthed this nation to predominate. It's radical to those who believe that, that the very establishment of America is illegitimate. It's radical to those who believe that the founding fathers were just a bunch of racists and, and, uh, and, and, and their Christianity, it doesn't matter anyway because the people who believe that don't like Christianity either. So really it's not us trying to impose a religious perspective on others, it's them trying to attack, undermine, destroy our Judeo-Christian foundations so that they can lead the country in an entirely different direction, a secular atheist direction. That's what they want. So that nobody can question homosexuality. Nobody can question transgenderism. Nobody can question abortion. Nobody can question pedophilia. Because that's where they're going with this. Oh, there's no question about it. That's where they're going. Because anytime you start telling us that two, three, four, five-year-old children have the ability to determine their gender separate and apart from their genetic and physiological makeup, they can tell their parents, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And then the parents are required to obey that child and start moving that child in the direction of hormonal treatment and ultimately genital mutilation through surgery. You tell me a child can make those kinds of life-changing lifelong decisions, then you're telling me you believe a child can make sexual decisions. And that child can decide who, they want, who he or she wants to have sex with. That's an abomination in the sight of God, both. But that's where they're going. See, Christianity is in the way. Christian culture is in the way. And they've got to, dis, de, 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 margin, they've got to marginalize it, delegitimize it, They've got to destroy it as, as, as predominant thinking in the minds of the American people. They've got to destroy it. They've got to get rid of it. And we who uphold those principles, ah, we're theocrats. We're extremists. We're trying to impose our religion upon other people. Well, let me ask you this. Were Thomas Jefferson and the, and the other founding fathers imposing their religious views on us when they said we hold these truths to be self-evident? that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? No, what they were doing was enunciating their worldview. And their worldview, therefore, was clearly a God-centered worldview. 
And that's what makes America and has made America the greatest nation in the history of mankind. That God-centered worldview that says it is not simply about our skill, our ability, our hard work, our diligence, our inventiveness, our innovations. It is about the blessing of Almighty God who gives us the freedom to do all of these things. And we ultimately owe accountability to him for everything we do. That notion that is deeply embedded in our culture is what the left hates because it is a restriction on all the sinful things that they want to do. They want to give people drugs in pristine shooting dens where they can shoot drugs and have a nurse there in case they OD and all that. And we want to get people delivered from drugs. They want to legalize every drug and we want to say drugs are immoral because they change the consciousness of a person and therefore we should not go any further than we have with alcohol, any further than we have giving people state imprimatur to go out and get high, to get inebriated. It's bad for them. It's bad for our country. Uh, are we trying to impose a Christian worldview. I think that's just a practical worldview and we're not trying to impose anything any more than those who are trying to push this stuff are trying to impose that on us because all of us have to drive these roads with more people high. All of us have to deal with the fact that these inebriated people may do things, say things, act in ways that are completely contrary to civilization because they're all hopped up on something. All of us have to deal with loved ones ODing or addicted and unable to take care of themselves. So that responsibility then falls on us. So we've got just as much right to argue for our perspective on it as they do to argue for theirs, but they don't see it that way because they don't want any argument. They don't want any debate. They don't want any discussion. They want you to submit. And that's why this, this, misguided president calls us semi-fascists. Let me add a couple of other things. I know I haven't even gotten to, to celebrate American History Month, but this is all impinges on it, obviously. This all relates to it. Let me just say for the record and speak for myself, but I think I speak for a lot of people. I am not some blind, deaf, and dumb devotee of Donald Trump and whatever Donald Trump says, whatever Donald Trump does, whatever, I have no question about it. I'm just blindly following Donald Trump. And I don't think that's what the American people who support him are doing. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The reason why people support Donald Trump is the reason why they supported Rush Limbaugh and the reason why they support people like me. It is because we espouse a viewpoint that they already agree with, but don't hear being articulated in the public square and often feel left out, marginalized. And along comes somebody like Donald Trump or a Rush Limbaugh or an E.W. Jackson. And I'm just including myself because I'm doing this program. But I mean, you could you could go down a list of names and people start saying, yeah, I, I agree with it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. They're not following us and supporting us because somehow we spoke and they were mesmerized by our voices 
and they just like lemmings. Oh yes, whatever you say. It is because we gave voice to the things that were already in their hearts. And they were happy to have a champion. Whoa. Well. Folks, I don't know what happened there, um, but uh, I know what happened. I was recording and ran out of space. Uh, let me finish up this thought because I've come close to the end of the program. They were, people are happy to support someone who is espousing the things that they already believe. And, 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 and it, it gives them an outlet. It gives them a sense of, yes, finally, someone is saying what I'm thinking. And, and I got news for you. If I start, stop saying what people are thinking, they'll stop listening and stop supporting. And if, I, if Donald Trump stops saying what people are thinking, they'll stop listening and stop supporting him. And if Rush Limbaugh, when he was alive, <clears throat> stopped saying the things that people were, were thinking and, and, and saying themselves in the privacy of their own conversations, they stop supporting him. They've already got their own ideas, their own thoughts. And they are simply happy when someone is expressing those ideas and thoughts. They're not a bunch of cultists and lemmings who are just following somebody just because that person's got a loud voice. And if the left really wants to deal with people like us, what they better start doing is examining our ideas and the things that we believe because those ideas are not going to die. They didn't die with Rush Limbaugh. They won't die with Donald Trump. They won't die with me and they won't die with anybody who's espousing our point of view. Now, tomorrow I'm going to get that I'm going to get into celebrate American History Month at some length. Of course, uh, I've taken up the time dealing with this issue because it's it is important to be dealt with. Uh, my apologies for if I, I assume that <laughs> that you weren't able to see me because everything stopped. But that was a little technical problem on our part. So look, God bless each and every one of you. I don't care what the pollsters say. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what some weak need politician, Democrat, Republican says, doesn't matter. You continue to stand for the things that you believe in. I am going to stand with you. We're going to stand together. We're going to stand up. We're going to step up. We're going to speak up and we're not going to back up. No matter what they call us, they can call us fascists, they can call us extremists. We know those things are lies. We know those things aren't true. And notice, they never provide any specifics. You know why? Because there are none. Because they figure name calling will be enough to scare people. Oh, oh, 
a fascist? Woo! Oh, I can't, oh, oh, I can't be, a, oh, no, I don't want to be associated with them. But when you look at the facts, people like you and me are the ones who are seeking to uphold our freedom and preserve our constitutional republic and preserve our Judeo-Christian values and heritage and culture, and they are the ones who are trying to destroy it. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your prayers and your support. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.